Labe Goldhirsch, father of the boy who would become Harry Golden, was a predictable man. Whenever he prepared to leave the family's tiny tenement flat on the Lower East Side's Eldridge Street, he would enact the same ritual, put a foot up on the chair by the door, then wait for his wife to rush to his side with a polishing rag. As soon as she bent to her task, the elder Goldhirsch would moan, Oi, main Vedic Ricken. Oh, my aching back. The joke was always the same. She was polishing, his back ached. Golden found his best story material in his own beginnings. As a writer, he used his origins like a sourdough bread starter, working the mix until it was ready to turn into a fragrant treat, pulling bits off for years, each offering born of the same stuff, but made unique by time and temperature, climate and handling. The good storyteller, the true teller of tales, sizes up a listener or a room, even an entire readership, at a particular point in time, then delivers what best feeds them. Golden knew that if he shaped a tale to fit his audience, they'd be hooked. He did not consider this method, which sometimes involved generous reworking of the facts, to be on a par with the self-aggrandizing lies of some other self-made men. Those revisionist histories didn't feed others, he felt. They just served the storyteller. Depending on the setting, Golden declared himself either a native New Yorker, a fiction, or more often an immigrant from what was then Austria-Hungary, true, and born anywhere from 1902 to 1905. Some of the entries in his FBI files and death certificate agree on a birth year of 1903, but the former lists the day as 6 May, the latter 28 May. When he claimed his true immigrant status, he recalled the ship that brought him to New York as the SS Graf Faldersee, which was accurate. But he couldn't resist adding a proud claim about the speed record it set on the journey. It only took 11 days for the Faldersee to get to the New World, compared with three months for the Mayflower. Actually, the sturdy 13-ton ship chugged into New York Harbor on 31 March 1907, a full 16 days after it left Hamburg. The story usually went that immigration officials at Ellis Island forced the family name change from Goldhirsch to Goldhurst, although this actually happened later, when Harry and his sisters changed their surname as young adults entering the work world. But countless other immigrants lost their names at the hands of government officials, and Golden knew which story played better to his audiences. But even the most practiced storyteller can't always keep up with the odd truths of real life. Golden made the stories of his various name changes part of his immigrant story collection, from Goldhirsch to Goldhurst to Golden, and from Herschel to Harry. But he did not write, and may not have known all the details, that his given first name and the names of his mother and two sisters were changed en route or soon after arrival in America. Sometime before the family's answers were recorded on the U.S. Census in 1910, Nachama Goldhirsch became Anna, mother of Chavka, who became Clara, Sony, who became Matilda, and Chaim, who became Hyman, and later Herschel. Harry would come about by the boy's own choice before he graduated from eighth grade. Family lore holds that two older Goldhirsch sons died of influenza before the family immigrated and daughter Matilda later listed a mother other than Anna Goldhirsch on official documents, all suggesting an earlier marriage for Labe. These details were largely ignored by Golden in his nostalgic stories. 
Such diversions would have just muddied his simpler view of Jewish immigrant life. All of us are on a single ball of twine, and every few yards or so we meet, he liked to say, emphasizing one of his favorite themes, the common ground shared by American Jews and other immigrants to their new country.